0: Welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show, episode number 97. You'll notice I shortened the opening to the show to save time, gives me a little bit more time to yak. I am your host, Daryl Rutt. Today's topics include Are our children getting dumber? Biden gun talk bank bailouts, and more. But first, I need to do a few things. Number one, you can get your merchandise for the Dakota Rustler Show at a link at dakotarustler.org or you can just go to dot org. that's the quickest way to get there number two i'm going to be taking some time off from podcasting beginning next week so there will be no podcast next week and probably not the following week either i should return immediately after easter and number three just let me cut the graphics here for those watching the video as opposed to listening uh you will notice uh my color scheme for the background what i want to know is when did somebody from the voice take a look at my podcast and decide to use the same colors for their background this year on season 23 I just, of course, you know, obviously, I can't sue them because that was a uh, non-paid picture that I got offline, you know, royalty-free. So anyway, let's get on with the show. Number one in Pinellas County, or Pinellas County, depending whether they do the American or the Spanish pronunciation. Michael Moses is an extraordinary guy on an extraordinary mission, or is he? There is a busy, sometimes dangerous five-lane road in St. Petersburg, Florida, called Gulf Boulevard, where drivers, cyclists, and pedestrians meet, sometimes with deadly consequences. Multiple pedestrians have been injured and or killed over the years. Drivers must use extreme caution especially at night as they pass through areas where pedestrians jaywalk from bars and restaurants on the east side of Gulf Boulevard to the beach on the west side. Moses says it's virtually daily that we see a person jaywalking. We have people making poor decisions and jaywalking in traffic. The city of St. Pete Beach is currently studying how to make Gulf Boulevard safer for pedestrians through engineering. Moses and his friends, meanwhile, have found a citizens group known as SAFE to educate tourists and locals about the dangers of jaywalking and the proper way to cross Gulf Boulevard. Um, I think it's called Looking Both Ways something we should all know by the age of five, even if we grew up in the country. If adults can't do it properly, we as a society are a lot dumber than I think. Moses had a friend who pulled out of a public store into a curb lane, and two people in their 60s who should know better were jaywalking, met her car, and died. So once again, we have a culling of the herd of stupidity by those who don't use common sense, which of course would be to use the crosswalks in busy traffic. Starting this year, Moses' group, Plans to hand out thousands of cards, each about the size of a business card, to beachside hotels, restaurants, and businesses who can then pass them on to customers. The card warns pedestrians to stay alert, use crosswalks, push the button to alert drivers, and make eye contact before crossing excuse me (laughs) but as i just stated if you weren't taught this while you were a toddler you had some pretty terrible parents even if you were raised in a rural area common sense should tell you not to get in the way of a 35 mile per hour vehicle assuming the speed limit is somewhere around that range let the culling of the stupid continue we don't need you But that's not all. With permission from the Florida Department of Transportation, Moses said the group will paint pelican footprints (laughs) on sidewalks leading visitors and locals from the doors of restaurants and hotels to the nearest crosswalks. Why pelican prints? Because they even created a pelican mascot complete with an outfit for a person to wear. So, yes, St. Pete now has Pete the safety pelican telling grown-ass adults how to cross a street. Yes, America, we are getting dumber. Need more proof? Let's go to story number two there has been a recent decline in the average iq this was the first time iq has been dropping since the intelligence test was invented way back in 1904 we as a human species may actually be getting dumber IQ scores had steadily increased a phenomenon called the Flynn effect by three IQ points or more per decade. That is, until 2020, which coincides with my giving up on human intelligence two recent studies one led by brown university along with five other universities and the other by columbia university both concluded that cognitive development is declining they have found that cognitive and motor skills in babies born during the pandemic, have lost the equivalent of 22 points in IQ, or seven decades worth of development. How can we measure IQ in babies? Researchers at Brown University and Rhode Island Hospital used a methodology called the Mullen Scales of Early Learning. They scored cognitive and motor development of children between the ages of three months and three years based on developmentally appropriate benchmarks. They then converted those scores into IQ numbers. There are four solid hypotheses as to why IQ is shrinking. Number 1. Parental Stress There is a well-studied link between maternal stress in pregnancy and lower child brain development. COVID-19 health and economic hardships have led to increased stress levels during pregnancy and for parents of young children because government told us to be afraid. Parents spending more time online. According to the Pew Research Center, three in four parents have been online more frequently since the pandemic began, with nearly one-third of adults reporting they are now online almost constantly, because government told us to do everything online. Greater social isolation. Another likely factor is the increased social isolation of families and babies during the pandemic this has been linked to negative cognitive and health outcome because you guessed it government told us to stay home and away from people so yes government has been and continues to make your children dumber even parents wearing masks and therefore hiding their facial expressions can have a negative effect on babies and young toddlers, again, because government told us to wear them. Babies' brains are wired to learn. They depend on critical human interactions during the first few years of life to develop. Brain development accelerates through nurturing relationships. Congress, of course, wants to throw money out at the problem. A three-month paid maternity leave allegedly leads to greater infant brain development. Besides child tax credits, child care and preschool funding could also help, they say. Access to quality child care is supposedly linked to decreased parental stress. I, on the other hand, would argue that forking over tons of cash is what makes us dumber reliance on others means that we don't have to think and do for ourselves and the fact that governments hand out more cash than ever before and we aren't getting any smarter is proof in my mind here's a better idea everybody put the damn devices down minimize digital distractions Get to know your neighbors, spend time with your friends, let your kids play with other kids and expose them to multiple cultures and acceptance. We can all learn from others. Ah, that brings us to number three. Illinois will become one of three states to require employers to offer paid time off for any reason after Governor J.B. Pritzker signed a law that will take effect next year. Starting January 1st, Illinois employers must offer workers paid time off based on hours worked, with no need to explain for the reason for their absence as long as they provide notice in accordance with reasonable employer standards. Unlike Maine and Nevada, Illinois law is further reaching, unencumbered by limits based on business size. So I'm assuming if you're self-employed and have but one employee, you need to give that employee a week off with pay, no matter what. What if your profession requires two people to perform? You're screwed and you may miss a week of work yourself if you're the employer because you have to give an employee time off seasonal workers will be exempt as will federal employees or college students who work non-full-time temporary jobs for their university critics say the law will overburden small businesses already struggling to survive in the post-pandemic era amid the high inflation that has gripped the nation for nearly two years now do you know how employers are going to get around this let me tell you because they always do a week's paid vacation basically equals a two percent raise so over the course of the next year or so employers will just reduce other benefits by an equal amount it's what they do that five percent you are going to get next year for a raise well that just shrunk to three percent so illinois workers expect lousy raises next year and one of you may even get laid off employers will make that money up somehow some way a labor rep stated i quote in the united states federal law does not guarantee anyone the right to even a single paid day off of work not when you're sick Not when you have a baby, not when your mom has a stroke, not a single paid day. Well, guess what? They shouldn't. It should always be a voluntary benefit to draw in better employees. Why should anyone get paid for something they don't do? I don't care about benefits. I care about what I get paid. Why? Because that way I get to do That way I get to determine my own benefits. I can spit it out. You know, I get to decide what they are as I want them, not as my employer or the government wants them to be. Perhaps if Americans knew how to save for a rainy day instead of just blowing all their cash week after week. Oh, what can I say? With that, it's time to do the average weekly promotion. Hello, and welcome back. Just want to do a quick shout-out to Dan Heim, who provides most of the music on this show, and to Arabelle Kimmick, who does all the voiceovers on the show. And in addition, I want to do a shout-out to Vinnie Camilleri. Longtime listeners may have noticed that the background music to my promo has changed. So yes, credit to Vinnie Camilleri for that. Two, All right, let's continue with the remaining two stories. President Joe Biden embraced victims of a mass shooting on Tuesday. This was last Tuesday, hours after he issued an executive order to reinforce gun sale background checks. He also touted that the executive order bolsters background checks for gun buyers and strengthens federal support for state red flag laws that intend to stop gun sales to people deemed dangerous. The heart of the executive order seeks to expand the background checks intended to prevent felons or domestic abusers from buying guns, largely by leaning on federally licensed gun dealers to comply or educating others who may not realize they are required to run background checks under existing law. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think one can become an a federally licensed gun dealer without knowing this or keep his license by not doing checks. So this amounts to something that already exists. This executive order does nothing. A Reuters Ipsos poll following the Uvalde school shooting last year found 84% of respondents supported background checks, which we already have everyone for all firearms sales and 70 percent backed red flag laws about the only thing that isn't required to do a background check is from one family member to another and in some states I believe that is even required personally I'll consider red flag laws if and only if there is due process of law and that it clearly defines a person as a distinct danger to others otherwise there should be no red flag laws not a supposed danger but a distinct in danger, such as continual death threats by a person that can actually be proven, or constant writings on Facebook that I'm gonna kill somebody. I mean, somebody should not be deprived of their Second Amendment rights for questionable behavior. Due process. Gun rights groups disparage Biden's order as rehashing existing law, which I just spoke basically said, while threatening personal freedoms, which is true. Reinforcing background checks is not a new law. It already exists. Promoting red flag laws is not the same as enacting red flag laws. Promote all you want, Biden. Uh, the Biden administration should demand that soft on crime prosecutors and lawmakers use the laws already in existence to lock up criminals that misuse firearms to prey on innocent Americans, according to Lawrence Keene, senior vice president of NSFF, the largest firearms trade industry in the group, and he would be correct. Enforce the existing laws and you won't have any problems put violent criminals behind bars and keep them there and you won't have any problems if you see somebody making continual life-threatening threats put them behind bars and keep them there or get them help we have enough laws we don't need any more. And last but not least, number five. The U.S. government's organized crime ring took extraordinary steps Sunday to stop a potential banking crisis after the historic failure of Silicon Valley Bank, and this was actually two Sundays ago, assuring all depositors at the failed institution that they could access all their money quickly, even as another major bank, Signature Bank, was shut down. The bank failures are the second and third largest in U.S. history. In an effort to shore up confidence in the banking system, the Treasury Department, Federal Reserve, and FDIC, a.k.a. the Economic Evil Empire, said that all Silicon Valley bank clients would be protected and able to access their money. Under the plan, depositors at Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, including those whose holdings exceed the $250,000 insurance limit, will be able to access their money so now we just guarantee everybody all their money no matter how much or how badly the bank mismanaged their deposits so not only are banks too big to fail so is every business what can possibly go wrong oh welcome the u.s to the land of greece Though last week's steps marked the most extensive government intervention in the banking system since the 2008 financial crisis, its actions are relatively limited compared to what was done 15 years ago. The two failed banks themselves have not been rescued, and taxpayer money has not been provided to the banks. However, if you're a taxpayer with money in a bank that is FDIC insured, you are paying for this. That's how insurance works. Those who don't need to use it pay for those who do. Among the bank's customers are a range of companies from California's wine industry where many wineries rely on the Silicon Valley Bank for loans, and also technology startups devoted combating climate change thanks to, again, the government. Well, isn't that just special? Climate-fighting technology startups, Biden's favorite group. Silicon Valley Bank began its slide into insolvency when its customers, mostly the aforementioned technology companies, needed cash as they struggled to get financing because apparently, according to Biden, they probably weren't getting enough government giveaways, started withdrawing their deposits. The bank, in order to feed all those deposits and you know get their custom money to their customers had to sell bonds at a loss to cover the withdrawals all because of rising inflation rates which again is the government's fault for working over too much money over the last couple of years so yeah that's how that all works so with that that brings us to the end of the show Time right away into the sunset. You know the mantra, question authority, and always be free. Thank you for listening to The Dakota Rustler Show, a production of DL Root, Buzzsprout.com, and their affiliates. Any unauthorized use of this show is prohibited. Until next time, have a great day, and don't forget to subscribe.